Hi everyone, welcome back to the What's the Goss podcast. I'm your host Sadie and I'm here with my co-host Mally and we're really excited to be on episode three. Okay guys, let's jump right into it. So we asked you last week for the question of the week, would you get back with an ex? We asked this over on our Instagram stories. Go head over there and check it out. It is whatsthegoss.pod on Instagram. So the results are actually quite interesting on this. So would you get back with an ex? Sadie, what do you think the results have been on this? Right, I haven't actually seen this one. Um, I reckon it's going to be the majority saying no good riddance as opposed to 100% yes, yes, yes. I am going to say probably like 85% no and then 15% yeah. What is it? Okay, actually, it's it's a lot more one-sided than that. Really? Majority vote 100%. So we've got 9% to 100% yes, yes, yes. And we've got 91% no good riddance. So it's clear the, you know, people have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> You're all very headstrong. Let's have a look at what you guys have said about that. Because we asked for your comments and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Someone says, let me just get this up. Didn't work for a reason. If it ended badly before, I feel like you'll constantly bring that up in arguments. Yeah, to be honest, I think I'm quite guilty of doing something like that. If you've scorned me, I don't think I get over things very easily. Like, I'll bring it up, especially when it comes to, like, a partner. If Say if they've cheated on you or something in the past, how can you kind of, like, get over that fully? I don't think you ever could. So for me, that'd be an issue. Exactly. I completely agree. I actually think that's the main reason it wouldn't work. Um, Like they said, I think if you break down their response, they said didn't work for a reason. I think that's 100% true. Obviously, there is circumstances where, um, you know, maybe it was wrong person, um, no right person, wrong time, or anything like that. You know, if it was a mutual sort of separation, and there was no bad blood, then I can understand getting back in that situation. But if it's like, you know, most breakups which are usually that they break up for a reason it's usually a bit of a messy breakup then yeah there would be a reason that it didn't work and I think don't go back to something like that like she said or whoever wrote this in um if it ended badly before I feel like you'll constantly bring that up in arguments I I agree to be honest I think as soon as you argue next it's going to be oh this is why we broke up you know you've not changed you said you were going to change you've not changed I can 100% see that happening Exactly. I agree with that. And we've got another one which comes from somebody who actually voted 100% yes, yes, yes. They said, I believe in learning from past mistakes. So if we've both done the work and learned from the past, I consider it. And I think that's back to what you were saying. That is kind of a case of right person, wrong time. You know, if you kind of um, made mistakes, you know, tried to get over it in the past and just generally like evolved as humans, I think that that could be a reason to get back together. But for me, I don't think I would do it personally. I couldn't get over if somebody had cheated on me or anything like that. Um, somebody else said, while it's tempting to romanticise the past, I'd focus on the present and future and ask myself if it aligns with who I am now. Um, I totally agree with that. Mm, yeah, so tempting to romanticise the past would be like sort of just focusing on the good memories and not the reasons you actually broke up, which is really easy to do, you know. You're looking at it through like rose-tinted glasses, thinking, oh, all the nice memories that we had. And you don't actually think about the negative times and the reason that you actually broke up then. So I completely agree with that. Someone also, someone also said it's important to consider whether the same issues and patterns that led to the breakup are likely to resurface. That's a very mature response, and I completely agree. I think most people are thinking with um, their heart and not their head when they get back with an ex. They're not thinking logically. They're not thinking about whether it's going to work. They're just sort of thinking, I love this person. I want to make it work. 
but you know sometimes love isn't enough sometimes that person is just not the right person for you and they're not they're not in the position to be in a relationship some people need to grow and learn before they can actually commit to you know being someone's other half because if you're not whole if you know what I mean then you can't be someone else's half if you've got your own issues going on that are causing impacts on the relationship then I completely agree and I think yeah it's definitely important to consider whether the same issues and patterns are going to resurface because some things are just personality traits and you're not compatible you know yeah and this is going back to the response I think from if they've learned back from the past I consider it like if they have genuinely done the work to kind of better themselves as a human you know I think that that is definitely worth giving somebody a second chance but if there are the same issues and patterns just coming up again and again I think that is a sign okay guys so moving on to the dilemmas um I know Sadie's got a great dilemma to read out that was sent in to us on our email address which is gosspodcast at gmail.com if you have any dilemmas please send them in they will all be anonymous we won't be sharing them with anyone and we won't be mentioning any names so this is the one that was sent over so Sadie do you want to take it away Brill, yeah this one got sent in just after we released the episode last week so the dilemma is about whether to or not to get back with an ex so it reads hi girls I found myself in a bit of an uncomfortable situation related to this week's question of the week. I recently bumped into my ex, let's call him Chris, went on a night out in my hometown. He was the last person I expected to see out. We were together for a couple of years and everything was going great until he went off to university. The long distance took a toll on us. For context, he went off to Cardiff University and I stayed home in South Wales to pursue my career in retail. There was a flatmate I'd always been suspicious of as she's always seemed flirty towards him when I would come up and visit. One night when he was showering, I decided to check his phone and up and opened up their messages. I discovered he'd been flirting with her. It was all PG. However, the conversations did not seem innocent. It shattered the trust we had and I couldn't handle the constant doubt and insecurity. I confronted him about this and he admitted that they had kissed on a night out. Oh my- and- Yeah, and it was... And I quote, just a drunken mistake. Excuse me? A drunken mistake that you're not telling me about. Yeah. I've got to find out like this. I don't know. It's the fact that she only found out about this once she had actually confronted him. Yeah. And that the girls, this is why you snoop through your boyfriend's phone, okay? Don't (laughs) convince you that that's a weird thing to do. Right. It depends on the situation, but I'm, 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 um, I'm for that, you know what I mean? I think that's fine. If you've got if you've got suspicions, I don't really see why going through your boyfriend's phone is that bad. That yeah, it is a complete invasion of his privacy. But at the same time, you know, she wouldn't have found this out if she hadn't looked. Do you know what? I've had this happen to friends in the past where they've gone through the boyfriend's phone, found something, and then the boyfriend would get mad at them for going through the phone, completely disregarding the fact that they've like cheated on them. It's ridiculous. Um so I don't know. I think boys have a massive issue with it. But again, if you're kissing people on nights out, you know, you have every right to go through his phone at the end of the day. Exactly. And it continues. We decided to break up and it's been over a year since then. We both needed time to heal and find ourselves outside of our relationship. Now he's back for the summer and I'm faced with this unexpected reunion. The morning after we saw each other, he texts me expressing his regret and proclaiming that he's changed. He swears things will be different this time around. The problem is I'm torn. Should I give him another chance and rekindle what we once had? Or should I move forward and focus on healing and finding someone new? It's like the universe is testing me, bringing him back into my life just when I thought I'd moved on. I can't help but wonder if people can truly change and if we can rebuild the trust that was shattered. 
I wanted to reach out to you both because your advice has been spot on your first few episodes and I trust your guidance. Oh, bless. <laughs> we do <Okay>. try. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to write my answer on this one. So thanks so much for sending in your dilemma. Um, I need to calm down after hearing that, to be honest, because I'm actually angry. Like, okay, so how long were they together? Let's have a look. I'm just reading over it now. Together a couple of years. All right, okay, a couple of years. We'll assume two years. That's a long time to be in a relationship with someone at our age, around like 18 to 20. You were probably in a relationship then by the sounds of it. Um, That's a long time, to be honest. I've been with my boyfriend two years now, and it's a long time. If he did something like this... um. Um, actually let me put yourself in let me put myself in your shoes actually if my boyfriend did this and then we broke up what would I do would I consider it or not oh god I don't know how long has it been since they broke up uh it's been just over a year so assuming Uh, this happened around like January February um and now he's kind of back for his break like just over a year so I assume they're probably in second year uni now and he's back for the summer so okay no no, if it had been over a year, I don't think I'd get back with them. I don't agree with getting back with an ex anyway, like I said. But um, no, like, sorry, he literally cheated on you. No, he knows that he can do that and get away with it if you get back with him, in my opinion. Him saying he's changed. No, I'm sorry. You obviously didn't love me that much if you cheated on me in the first place. Like, I understand people have issues and, like, bad times in their relationship, but he's claim- they're claiming everything was great before this happened. It's not like they were, like, on bad terms or had been in an argument and then they did that. He, he had this drunken mistake, apparently. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to trust him drinking ever again if this was me. So, for me, it's going to be... Me, I think, no, I don't think you should give him another chance and rekindle it because you've had a year to move on now. It feels a bit cruel that he's coming in and saying this to you. Do you agree? Do you think, like, for someone to come back in a year after you've healed from this, like, I'm, I've am i moved on. Like, leave me alone. I'm living my life. And if it was me, I would have hoped that you'd moved on and seen some other people since then. So... Do you know what I find quite interesting about this whole situation? It reads, the morning after we saw each other, he texts me expressing his regret and proclaiming that he's changed. Why is that only coming now after he's home for the summer, after a night out where he's seen you? Why is he not sending this, like, you know, just after it's happened or just after the breakup, you know, apologising? He's done wrong. And is he, like, only now realising it or something? He mm. should have been sending you that a long time ago. And maybe then there could have been a chance if you'd sat down, had an apology about it, you know. Um, but this whole spiel now, it doesn't really mean anything, you know, like he's basically just seen you drunk. He could proclaim that this is another drunken mistake for, all you know, like what happened on this night out? I'm actually quite interested to know, like, obviously you said you saw him in the club. Um, like, did you speak to him? My advice, I think for me, I think a conversation would be quite good. Like, I think you kind of need to lay down the law that he's really hurt you. You know, the fact that you're kind of, um, torn about this and like thinking do I get back with him like do I move on um this these thoughts aren't going to go away especially now that he's back for the whole summer so I think for me if you could arrange to go and have a talk with him about this you know you do need to express that he has hit you and um just Mm -hmm. kind of go from there but for me I wouldn't get back with somebody who's betrayed you like that no for me I don't even think it's worth having a chat I mean you've been um broken up like a year and you were only together two years so it's not as if you were together 10 years and you've been bro- been broken up a year do you know what I mean you've already been broken up half the time that you were together so I feel like nah move on I think what would happen is you'd have this chat you'd probably end up getting back together for the summer he'd go back to uni things would go a bit distant and he'd, el- he'd end up probably 
um, cheating on you again or things would just fizzle out. I, I don't think it would work. There's a reason, like exactly what the question of the week response was. There's a reason these things don't work out. I think he showed you his true colours and you need to take them at face value. When someone shows you who they are, believe it. Do you know what I mean? Don't try and make excuses for them. Oh, I, I think they're a nice person. I think they're this. I think they're that. No, he showed you who he is. And I know that's harsh. I know people make mistakes, but I don't think it's just a mistake cheating on your girlfriend of two years. Like that's, that's a fucking no. And I think things you do drunk, they are like conscious decisions. Like, you know, that even the fact that you said that they've been talking, like texting, yeah. they wanted to do this. Like it was definitely premeditated, like drunk. Um, it may give you more confidence to do these things, but you know, it was clearly something they'd wanted to do. Um, I actually you. do agree with Mally after she's kind of explained it now. Like, Hold on, let me think, because I did have something to say. Let me just see this now. Yeah, I actually completely agree with you on that whole premeditation like aspect of it. It's not as if they, this was an accidental, like, oh, you know, I was really drunk and that. <laughs> I don't think he can use that as an excuse, actually, in this case. I think the fact he's been messaging her actually really doesn't help his case, because there was obviously an interest there. And I feel like he's been thinking about this for a while, and he's just using this as a, an, an excuse now of being drunk, but... I'm sorry, unless you're literally unconscious, I don't want to know. I am actually quite glad that they broke up as soon as this happened because I just feel like there is no excuse for it. And I think that if this did happen, it would kind of show him that, you know, it is acceptable. Even if you do something like that, you know, you've always got the chance to get back with that person. Like, it's not that bad. But no, there is no excuse for this. It's good that you did break up to show him, like, this is what will happen if you cheat on someone again. And then it's just going to stop him from doing it to another girl in future because that shouldn't have happened. It's good that he is apologising and realising his mistakes, but he should know there's no coming back from this at the end of the day. Um, I would... Would you... I don't know... I, I really would you just of, blank him I I think so I think you've got to actually um hold on to your like dignity and your self-respect in this uh, element and just sort of think no I'm going to put myself first in this situation I'm not going to um cave and you know into the temptation of this and the good memories like we were speaking about before you know, you need to focus on the things that last happened in your relationship and not the good memories. And that was the fact that he completely disrespected you and betrayed your trust. And I just don't think you can go back from that. It's just my opinion. I know not everyone will agree. And um, like I said, I know people will be commenting or listening to thinking like maybe people who have cheated and think, well, I, you know, people make mistakes, people can change. But, you know, it's been a year since this happened and they're both still in uni. I just don't think it's not as if it's been 10 years and he's had this huge like life experience now. I, I just really don't think he will have changed that much. Yeah. And I think um, if anything, you should definitely raise your standards a bit more. Like there are so many men out there who would like love you unconditionally and not cheat on you. Like that's literally bare minimum for a relationship. Like there's no doubt you'll be able to find somebody who will not cheat on you. Like that's the literal first thing you expect from a boyfriend, like loyalty. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that that just kind of sums it up, really. I don't think you need to take any further action from here. Uh... All right, guys. Dilemma number two. So this lovely listener has um, emailed us in as well. She says, hey, Mally and Sadie, I've been tuning into What's the Goss and your advice is always spot on. I'm sending this in because I can't even talk to my boyfriend about this. Ooh, okay, I'm intrigued already. Mm. During a recent family gathering with my boyfriend's relatives, I unintentionally overheard a conversation where they were talking negatively about my looks. Sorry. Oh my god, the audacity. If that had happened to me, I'd be absolutely throwing hands. I would not take that. 
honestly that that would really hurt me as well right carrying on we were all gathered in different rooms and I happened to be in one area while my boyfriend's family members were in another in the room were his mum uncle and two of his teenage male cousins I love the way she's written that male (laughs) male (laughs) that's all they are just male yeah Um, I wasn't intentionally eavesdropping I would be but I (laughs) help but overhear their words as they discussed my appearance sorry why are they discussing your appearance while you're in the building at least have the respect to let me leave that's what I mean I want to know where she was were they like in the kitchen and she was in the lounge or something and she could overhear this also where was the boyfriend yeah let's see if she like tells us about that so they were making derogatory remarks about my weight and act Oh my God, how I don't fit in their ideal beauty standards and even questioning whether I'm good enough for my boyfriend. Oh my God. My boyfriend has stepped out of the room to go to the toilet when I heard this and has no idea of anything they said. Oh God. Because I would hope if the boyfriend was in the room, he would say something about that. I would hope so too. What if he just doesn't believe her though? Do you know what I mean? Because he's not here. And it's like all of his family as well. And obviously there's four of them. So if he confronts them about it, like they'll probably deny it. Yeah, I think families can be a lot like this. When you put them all in one room, they come out with some horrible stuff. To add some context, this was not the first time I've met his mum, but it was the first time I've met the rest of his family, which hurts more as it's clear his mum has been feeling this for quite some time. The impact of their hurtful comments has made me question whether I'll ever be fully accepted by his family. Ever since this happened, I've been distant from my boyfriend as I don't want to face him or the family. Should I confront my boyfriend about what I overheard, sharing the pain and confusion I'm feeling, or should I try and get over this? Any advice is majorly appreciated. Thanks. I couldn't get over this. That's just full stop. I'm just putting that out there. I don't think I could put like I know what I'm like especially when it comes to a subject like this if somebody mm-hmm. said something like that to me I couldn't like get that out of my head and it is really sad that obviously she's questioning now every single time she's been around her boyfriend's mum like oh my god what she's thought of me when we've gone for like family dinners or anything like that has she just been thinking this the whole time and that's a really sad thing to question why on earth did this come up into conversation obviously somebody had said something like oh isn't she lovely um nice to meet her for the first time and then obviously the conversation turned sour and I think that's really sad um Mm. especially as it's like a first impression thing and you know it's like a family gathering as well it's not exactly like a nice space to be in in the first place no I I think I think it's really really rude to mention that when you're in the house like I understand people's families talk about people you know people behind their back when they're not there I can understand that in a way but not about someone's looks and things you know if it was just like um oh you know she did this to my son then I can understand that obviously people gossip the pod what's the goss we love a gossip but ever say something like that behind someone's back like especially family like this person has come into your son's life right and has made him very happy clearly otherwise he wouldn't be with her and he obviously finds her attractive because he's with her so I'm sorry but why are you making comments and it's about like weight and acne as well I think that's just so sad like you said if it's about things that have happened in your relationship you know that does tend to come up in conversation especially with family members but that's so sad. Like gathering though, when you think about it. And I'm just imagining like two of his teenage male cousins. I think that must really hurt. Like that's really sad. Yeah. I'm assuming you're probably about our age um, in this situation now. That would really hurt. Especially if you've got your own insecurities as well. So for me, definitely talk to your boyfriend about this. Like 
again, like I said before, I would hope that if he adhered this, he would go in and stop that immediately. It's sad that he did step out of the room at that time. Um, but yeah, you need to talk to him about this. I can understand if you're feeling some sort of like resentment towards him and his family. And you're probably questioning, like, has the mum or anybody said anything to him about this? Like, you know, when when yeah. they met you for the first time, did they say anything? Um, it's definitely worth talking about that. But sit down with him. If he does care about you, you know, he's going to understand. He's going to believe you. Um, like Molly said, you're probably a little bit worried that they won't believe you, but they kind of have to. Like, why on earth would he make something like this up? He'll also know, like, what his mum is like, if, if that makes sense. So it, he probably will believe this. If this is the kind of thing she's done before or, like, the kind of person she is, then he's probably going to be inclined to believe this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely speak to him. And I think he is the one that needs to have a word with the mum about this. Because I think for you, I would be a bit too hurt to actually speak to the mum about this like I I would I'd like to think that I could speak to them about this but I think the boyfriend should be the one to do it like he should stick up for you like you think the boyfriend should be the one to do it like you can't disrespect my girlfriend like this why on earth is it even your business why are you talking about her looks like we clearly make each other very happy that's probably the least important thing about our whole relationship mm. um, so and needs to be the one to sit down with the mum um, who should set things straight with obviously the other family members who are in the room but she needs to know that that's completely unacceptable and she needs to know that she does have like some grafting to do to even make you feel welcomed in this relationship the fact that it's um that they're even questioning if you're good enough for your boyfriend because of this thing like your weight and your acne that's disgusting like that's just not right at all you should never be made to feel like you're not worthy enough to be in this family for me I don't even think I'd want to be in this family so they should be the ones that are thinking like they're not worthy of you so I don't know, they have some serious grafting to do, but your boyfriend definitely needs to have a conversation with his mum about this. It's exactly what I was going to say, is like, yeah, you could have a conversation about it, but do you want to be a part of this family after hearing those comments? Like, that really shows what they're like as a family and what they're like as people. And obviously, your boyfriend's not a complete reflection of his family. He's his own person. But at the same time, these are the people that he surrounds himself with his whole life. So is your boyfriend a bit of this, like, is he got this judgmental streak in him as well? I hope not. Um, I'm, I'm assuming from the, you know, the dilemma that this has obviously come as a shock to you. So it must be something your boyfriend's never, ever thought or mentioned to you. So it seems like it's just something his family have brought up and nothing to do with him. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know what you can do in that situation because it's his family at the end of the day. Like, what can you say? Like, you, you can sit down and say, look, that's really hurt me. And they can say sorry, but you're never going to be able to get over it because you know their opinion hasn't changed. Just because they've said sorry doesn't mean they don't think that about you, which just makes it worse. It's not like they've just said, oh, she's just not very good for him, you know. She's just been really bitchy and she's been really, like, uh, not trusting him and stuff. Then you could have a sit-down conversation and address this. But when it comes to someone's looks, what is there to address, like... Do you know what I mean? This is this is who I am. Don't you dare say stuff like that. I think you should go and tell your mum and dad. Have them storm over there. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good idea. Oh my god, my parents would kill these parents. Oh, literally. <laughs> I think that if the boyfriend cares about you enough, he definitely needs to go over there and set the record straight. Like I know it's his parents, but he needs to actually say that this is just not acceptable. And as a girlfriend, um, you all you really want is to be accepted by the other, your other half's family. So. Yeah, she needs to apologise, definitely. But the first step would definitely just be to have an open conversation with your boyfriend. Definitely. And when you're going around someone's house for the first time and meeting family that you've not met before, you are worrying about how you come across and what you look like to begin with. Well, I am anyway. I don't yeah. know if it's rational, but I'd be thinking, oh, let me wear something that's, you know, um, 
not too showy let me wear something that's respectable let me you know make sure my makeup looks nice I smell nice I look tidy you know you want your boyfriend's family to think he's with someone good and with someone tidy and nice obviously it's more about the personality but of course you want to look presentable so then you know this is basically someone's worst fear happening here so it's just a case of do you bring it up to them and let them let them know that you know this or do you do sweep it under the rug but I don't know I'm not sure I, I have never been in a situation like this before. Um, so I couldn't really even imagine what I would do. Yeah, I know. Thankfully, we haven't been in this situation before. I, I very much sympathize, sympathize with the listener. Um, so yeah, be full of action. Go speak to your boyfriend about this. Tell him everything that you hear. Tell him how much this has affected you and how like upset and disappointed you are with his family. And then he needs to take the necessary steps after there. But I think it's very important that you have a conversation with him about this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, then. So we've got another dilemma here. Um, All right. So moving on to the third dilemma. This one is about a girl's holiday. Very appropriate because me and Sadie are both going on holiday actually at the same time, but not together, which is really bizarre. Like, I don't know how (laughs) this. So so funny because we're flying at the same flight time from the same airport, just one day apart, going to the same country. I'm going to Lanzarote and Mal's going to where are you going to in Spain? I think. Anyways, this is about a girl's holiday. A bit of a different topic, switching it up from the boy talk, which we quite like. Hey girls, me and my friends have been planning a girl's holiday for ages now that we are fresh out of uni. We've been friends since our first year and need something to celebrate the end of our degree. Unfortunately, we have a different idea on how much we all want to spend on this holiday. While all my friends want to go out and splurge, due to personal circumstances, I can't justify spending the money. As much as I'd love to join in on the lavish experiences, I'm facing financial constraints that make it difficult for me to spend on extravagant accommodations and costly activities. I have personal responsibilities and financial obligations that require me to be mindful of my budget. Unfortunately, this difference in financial situations has created friction within our group. Mm. First of all, that should not happen, I feel like, you know. I think it's very important to be open with your friends, especially when planning like a girl's trip. Like I remember me, Mal and two of our other friends, we were going to go on a trip just surrounding COVID. And I, can, I can't imagine how stressful that would have been if every single person had different budgets on there. Um, we, were only, we were going on like a cheapish holiday to Magaluf. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, like I definitely think that this can happen. And actually, Sadie, haven't you been on a group holiday where there was... <laughs> about this i knew you were gonna say this this has happened to me oh god i was reading this and i was like this has happened to me (laughs) i'll i'll explain at the end so one member in particular has been quite harsh towards me making snide remarks about my inability to keep up with their luxurious expectations it's hurtful and has caused me to question the strength of our friendship I recently went through a difficult period where I lost my job unexpectedly and faced some financial setbacks. While I'm now in a better place, I'm still working hard to recover and rebuild my financial stability. I just can't overlook these challenges and splurge without considering the consequences. However, the group is determined to indulge in expensive experiences and it feels like they're dismissing my concerns and making me feel like an outsider. Should I talk to them about this and try to compromise or just not go? Thanks, guys. Okay okay so so she's going on a girl's holiday or hoping to anyway it seems like this one might actually make out the group chat but 
her friends and her have different opinions on how much to spend on this and it's not just a case of like oh you know I don't really want to spend 200 pound a night on a hotel or whatever it's more like you know you know I can't afford to it's not I just don't want to it's you know I can't afford to I've just lost my job you know I want to go and have a good time with you guys but you're literally making it so difficult for me to actually be able to go I really don't appreciate that. I really don't like that um I'm you know, that's that's the difficult thing as well if you are um you all vet in first year uni yes yeah, so you might not be from the same areas you might come from very different backgrounds so you probably have a different value to money than them as well perhaps they've been brought up and spoiled and things and um, they don't really realize the you know the difficulties of and also like the luxury of spending that much money on a holiday like maybe their parents are quite you know financially stable and they can just sort of send them money over if they run out but you might not be in that position you've just said that you're in a difficult financial situation and I can agree with this like if I was to um be in a difficult financial situation my family wouldn't be able to bail me out you know um it's not it's not something that everybody's family can do and I certainly wouldn't want to be going on a girl's holiday with people who are pressuring me in a way to spend loads of money they know I don't have it's just it doesn't need to be an expensive time at the end of the day like I understand that you're wanting to celebrate but don't you think that going on a holiday is enough of a luxury as it is like obviously you don't want to just like not go because I think that can be really sad and I, I bet that's kind of like your last resort at this point but the fact that you might be going on a holiday with people who are just totally inconsiderate of your situation, like what Molly said, pressuring you to spend all of this money when you just can't justify it. I think that that might be worse because you might come back from that holiday just like completely disheartened, maybe even like lost friends because of it, because they might be pressuring you. They might get annoyed with you. Not that there's anything to get annoyed about, but they might be annoyed with you for not spending money, not taking part. And that's the last thing you want. So, And that's I- the well, it's like, um this kind of relates to your story with it but it can kind of be like you're on holiday you've booked sort of a normal price holiday but then you're going on holiday and they're wanting to do all these additional things like on the day that you weren't expecting and I think that would be really difficult because you don't want to just be sat in the hotel not joining in because you can't afford these things and then you're really forced to make a decision on whether you want to spend that money or not and you know it's not worth it to everyone not everybody wants to spend like you know x amount of money on doing some activity that only lasts like an hour or x amount of money on an expensive restaurant like not everybody values that yeah I agree like I have uh, I've been in this situation like this is the awkward thing and I will tell the story about it but it is a lengthy one um it's probably one of the most awkward situations you can be in because like what Molly says everybody comes from different backgrounds like people can afford things especially well looking at this you're all the same age which is good um but the holiday which I went on it was an absolute variety of um age groups scenarios everything we're not going to mention any names Sadie's not going to mention any names in this story um if if the shoe fits then the shoe fits um this is Sadie's story to tell and her experience so this is not any beef or any disrespect to anybody that was on this trip this is just Sadie's experience to tell and I feel like it's insightful and it might help the listener so please don't get offended if you are listening to this and you were there (laughs) I love that right so I know the people who um on this trip are listening so yeah no offense but this did happen so I'll be telling my side (laughs) so 
you don't see these people anyway so that's fine whatever right so last year i was on a little bit of a travel bender as i probably call it um as (laughs) most people who are listening to this podcast know um i do run a little travel account on instagram which is sadie's suitcase sadie's.suitcase for anybody who wants to give it a follow um last year i was on my gap year so i did loads of really exciting things like i went and lived in switzerland for a few months you know i went on just a ton of holidays had absolutely no money by the end of it um but i had a friend last year who um she's actually working for somebody in america um for like a travel internship company and she managed a few social media accounts and she ended up getting quite close with this lady um and this lady from america actually runs like a like a travel agency company for influencers and um at this time i was like oh yeah you know this sounds actually really fun really spontaneous i'd love to do something like this um, and we got all the details over. And for what my friend told me, she said that the whole trip would probably cost about £300 in total. And she worked that out on a calculator, 300 quid for like the flights and whatever. Um, so no, so it was £300 for like the hotels for a few nights. And then it was an additional £200 for the flights. So about like 400 for the flights and hotel. Yeah, so it was about 500 quid for the flights and hotel from what I was aware of. And I was totally fine to pay that, you know, like 500 quid, like fair enough, you know, for a spontaneous holiday. What we failed to realise is that by the end of it, the flights and the hotel came to a total of about £1,600 each total. Bear in mind, yeah, at this time, I was on my gap year, you know, I was just working in a little shop in my hometown, just probably earning that, like, probably in a two-month period like it wasn't like it was that's a significant amount of money for me and um I was told I couldn't cancel it you know like that was just that was it like if I wanted to cancel I would lose any money that I paid towards it anyway so this was causing me an extreme amount of stress for months because we would be getting a like messages on Instagram saying you know like oh 200 pound like we've got to pay this now um and I was like well this is just not what I signed up to because for me I was completely, totally justified, you know, £500, that's absolutely fine, I can pay that off fine, but when it comes to that amount of money, that's just not justifiable for me, and that's also where I think this girl's coming in, because we were having to vote for what accommodation we wanted to stay in when we were over there, so we would have to go on a Instagram group chat, and heart which accommodation type, and some of these accommodation types that come in through were about £300 a night, you know, like a £300 per person villa per night, and all the girls who were from America would be like hearting these, and then I would be there like, oh my god, are we actually going to have to pay this for a one night stay, like, I'm quite good at budget travelling, I could get a whole holiday out of 300 quid, but 300 quid for a night is just not justifiable. No. So um, all of these girls on this group chat were obviously liking all of the expensive accommodation, which is totally fine. Like I'm not judging them for that. If they work for their money, they can afford that. That's totally fine. But for me, it's just not what I realised I would be having to pay. And I just kind of felt like very pressurised to go ahead with that. Mm. Um, so by the end of it, like I said, it was well over a grand. Um, and that's just for the flights and accommodation. So we ended up going on this trip, um, which was really... Uh, quite an experience I'm very thankful for this trip for anybody who went on this trip and listening I think that it was great I made some of the best memories of my life but it was also probably the most stressful week of my entire life so we ended up meeting all the girls at the airport and everybody was like totally different age ranges totally different like walks of life and some of them thought you know this was their big trip of the year and then some people like me and my friend who ended up going on on this you know like she worked in the restaurant I worked in a little shop like we clearly could not afford this trip especially considering the amount of trips I'd been on that year So we all met, everything was great, you know, first few nights. And I think it kind of hit me when we went to Paris and we went to this restaurant, right? With the starters, 
started at about 35 euros and so I ordered like a sushi like a small little sushi thing it's like four little pieces of sushi and that was 35 euros um and some of these girls ended up spending 250 euros on their meal that night and I think when it got to that point I was like oh my goodness you know we're here for seven nights like what <laughs> what am I going to be getting into here well, up to type thing yeah exactly and so you know that was kind of the first night I, I was thinking to myself you know this is probably just the first night celebration love it so the next day we ended up flying to Nice Nice was the best place that I went to on that trip and um, because mainly because it was the cheapest place um, it was a lovely city and um, me and two of the other girls ended up finding like a local pizzeria that we could go to that night all the other girls ended up going to this massive rooftop bar, you know, spending a massive amount on drinks and cocktails. And it kind of went on that way. So um, we ended up going to like Cannes and um, we ended up going to Monaco as well. And I remember one day in specific in Saint-Tropez, which was the end of the trip, um, I kind of expressed to the girl who organised the trip, like, you know, I just can't really afford this. At this point, I think I had probably about £70 to my name, like in my bank account. Every single night that we went out for food, I was ordering the absolute cheapest thing on the menu, which wasn't bad, but it was usually like a tiny little thing of pasta. I was having to go to like supermarkets, just buying a really cheap thing for breakfast while everybody else was going out for these meals. And I would just sit there and have water. You know, it does feel very disheartening when everybody else is on like a different budget to you. And I remember getting into an argument with this girl who organized the trip because I just said, I just can't afford it. And she was like, why did you come then? You know, you're ruining the vibe for everybody else. Like, you, why why did you come if you can't afford it? Bearing in mind when this trip was being planned, I had asked her so many times, and I have the receipts for this, how much, spend, <laughs> how much spending money should I bring with me? Like, you know, what's the kind of like roughly daily estimate for how much we're going to be spending? Where are we going to be going? All that kind of thing. And she was saying, oh, yeah, it's totally up for you. Like, you know, this trip is suitable for all budgets. You know, we'll be able to find um, different things to do for for everybody. But no, <laughs> that just was yeah. not the case. I felt so left out that whole trip. You know, people went, ended up, I remember in uh, Saint-Tropez, some of the girls ended up going to, I think it was Nikki Beach, uh, which was, I think it was like 80 euros for a lilo, like a sunbed thing on the beach. Mm. cocktails were coming over 30 euros everything and then some of the other girls ended up going jet skiing at the beach and that was 250 euros for the hour mm. I had 70 pounds in my bank account at this point and this was the last day and I this is when I got into the argument with this girl I was like how yeah. I can't do anything and she was like we'll just stay at the hotel um we're all going off so you'd just be completely excluded then so I ended up sitting there I was crying in my room all day because everybody had just left which I do, you know, that's fine. Obviously, everybody's on different budgets. I just wish that this had been communicated to me before because the way that I felt on that trip was just so sad. Yeah. And I had been bitten by mosquitoes, so the absolute tea to that point. Like, I think I had 18 mosquito bites total. And I was so itchy. So I ended up taking two allergy tablets instead of two. And then, to be honest, I slept for the entire day in Saint-Tropez. Like, I was just knocked out on the bed, like, just completely asleep. Mm. And then everybody came back in the evening and then some girls went up to the club, which was 100 euros entrance. Um, also, I was told, I don't know what it, what it was, but some of the girls went out clubbing that night. And then some of the other girls ended up staying in and ordering room service and not inviting me to their room um, when I'd just been pretty much alone all day. So I remember you actually ringing me crying on that trip about everything that had happened. And that's why it kind of ring. That's why it kind of rang a bell when I, we were re- reading through that dilemma, because 
that girl, she could very much face a similar experience, you know, like exactly what you were saying. Obviously, the accommodation and flights, there's a set price on that. But like you just said, it was more than you even thought. It just added up, added up, added up. I mean, if you in, I think with this girl, if her and her friends can agree on accommodation and everything, that's great. But like I said, like you've just explained, the worry as well is the day-to-day budget and how much this is going to cost. But these days with like modern technology and everything, it's not like you're going out there with actual euros, is it? You know, in the olden days, shall we say, or like as a family, as a kid, you'd go to, you'd go abroad with a certain amount of budget in that currency and you'd have to stick to that whereas now you know obviously there's all these online different things you've got travel wallets you've got post office cards and this and that you can transfer money straight from your bank over to that currency so it's not a case of like oh we're running out of euros we need to calm down it's like you know the money can be transferred at any point so if somebody's budget is way higher than yours, there's no like, do you know what I mean? There's no, they could, the budget could easily be exceeded very, very drastically quite easily. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just sad. Like the thing is obviously from reading this dilemma, the costs are adding up as it is with the flights and the hotel. And that's initially what I was worried about. I think at that point, you don't even take into account what these girls are going to be spending on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, do, I wouldn't say I wish I never went on that trip because I think it definitely taught me a lot. And um, I do think when you go on girls trips or just trips with friends in general, I think it does teach you a lot about, you know, who your real friends are in a way. Like I I wouldn't say I'm close with any of the girls that went on that trip now um, only because I think that I've just felt so left out and just so sad and lonely the whole trip, to be honest, even though I think this is, you got to take everything you see on social media with a grain of salt. Like, everything I was posting on social media, it was just like, oh, perfect, look at this, like, this is what I'm doing. Whereas in reality, I was on the phone to Mali, like, bawling my eyes out alone in a hotel room, knocked out on allergy pills. So you got to take what you see on social media, like, with with a pinch of salt. Yeah. I would say... I think so because she's going with her friends. Like, these are people that she's met in uni. I mean, she's been friends with them about a year now. Mm. Not as if they're childhood friends, but it's also not as if they're, you know, people that she's just met like you did. So I guess there is a level of respect there that perhaps there wasn't with this trip um, that you went on. So yes. I guess what we could say really is that we'd, we'd hope that your friends would be able to um, compromise after you have a conversation with them about this. And if they can't, you're going to have to sit this one out. And as horrible as that is, you don't want to put yourself in financial difficulty for just like a couple of days abroad. Like it's not worth it. I know people talk about, oh, money comes back, time doesn't, memories and all this. And to be fair, I agree with that to an extent, but I'm not a big spender either. And um, even just spending money on the holiday I'm going on in a couple of days was difficult for me. Like I had the money, but I physically didn't want to spend it just because I know how many hours I've worked to make that money. And I know, you know, that, anything could pop up you know I live independently if my rent goes up or anything like that then that could cause me any kind of financial difficulty and from what you're saying you're not in a steady financial situation so I wouldn't put yourself in that situation because not only will it not be worth it but it won't be a nice experience either so you'll you'll be unwillingly spending more money do you know what I mean you'll be like regretting it as you're there as well it's not like you're going to look back and regret you're going to physically not want to do it while you're there so you won't even enjoy yourself either. So I personally, I think you should sit this one out. I, I wouldn't go. I, I think that's hard to say, but I wouldn't go. I would see if there's anything you can do to celebrate separately with these friends, like anything you could do in the UK, like maybe go for like an afternoon tea or something like that. But it's just going to cause you more stress. Um, And yeah. when you go, you're just going to regret it. You don't want that. 
No. Why don't you see if you could like go on a nice little holiday with your mum or something for a couple of days, like a little city trip with another friend or something like that. Something that's more in budget because I understand celebrating the end of uni and everything. Um, but, you know, I'm sure the end of uni comes with a lot of expenses anyway. Graduation, paying for the hat and all that. I don't know. I didn't go to uni, but <laughs> expenses. Then to have a huge holiday at the end of this as well, where there's going to be all these hidden costs. I don't know. I just I wouldn't want to put myself in that situation. But all the best to you. And yeah. I hope you managed to sort something with them. But I think go into it with... Um, you know the idea that you're probably going to end up spending more money than you want to and make a decision based on that yeah my heart goes out to this one honestly I've been in the same situation maybe not as extreme but yeah we hope you sort it out soon treat yourself though all right guys so we're done with the dilemmas um just some general chit chat now so if you want to stay tuned on some of the recent goss then um, keep listening but one thing I wanted to talk to you about Sadie is something that I've just seen all over my social media today so today is the 6th of July as we're filming this and all I'm seeing right now is threads now all I know about this so far is that it's made by Meta, so it's Mark Zuckerberg Instagram and Facebook owner and it's apparently going to be Twitter's biggest rival I know people are jumping onto it straight away they want to get on the bandwagon and try and become threads famous or whatever I don't know I know Twitter's taken a very big downfall since Elon Musk brought it hasn't it you know well to be fair I don't really use Twitter that much Twitter (laughs) (laughs) that's like what it's called right right to be fair I don't really use Twitter much like I use Twitter to go on hashtag Love Island every night at nine o'clock and see what people are saying about Love Island. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving that in. That's hilarious. (laughs) Why is it not called that? Um, Like, I don't really use it. Like, it's not that great. And also, like, for anybody who doesn't know, I do social media marketing. Like, I manage um, the business I work at, social media. So I do that. And whenever it comes to Twitter, like, it's really annoying whenever you want to post anything because it's, like, such a character limit, which is so frustrating. It's, like, what, 250 or something? So I've actually just Googled threads now and just, like, kind of what it is. I've been seeing it all day. It says you can send posts of up to 500 characters, including images, GIFs, and videos, up to five minutes in length. So it is still kind of, like, it's basically like Instagram. Like you can share pictures, videos, and like tweets, but to find your characters. So people are going for the more Twitter element of it. Like I've had a look on there at some people that I follow on Instagram because they've linked theirs, and it's very much Twitter. But it's very much like I guess the point of it of threads is like obviously like Twitter, you're supposed to be replying and making threads and things. Come on, what what's the point? I don't think people do brand deals and stuff on Twitter, do they? No, they don't. Like you get like sponsored like ads and stuff but nobody does brand deals um what was i gonna say so do you remember when instagram launched that feature where you could like write a few little description above your profile photo so you go onto your like direct messages and yeah. you could, like, a little phrase i thought that was a little bit like twitter you could just like say what's on your mind i think people started using it for a little bit and then everybody kind of just stopped using it because it's a little bit cringed yeah. away i don't really get the point of it um there's a lot of features on instagram and stuff that i don't use as it is and twitter i feel like it's one of those things you have to think what you're saying is like really important and that everyone wants to hear what you're saying. I don't I feel Twitter's a bit arrogant. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, listen to me. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I know that's literally coming from me. I'm literally 
myself to talk for an hour and expecting people to listen to it but it's just I don't understand it I think that's my problem I I don't care what people have to say on Twitter really I love Ireland I like hearing people's opinions and stuff but oh I know what we haven't spoken about this episode that we were meant to speak about as well is our icks and this definitely plays into it (laughs) Twitter (laughs) is such an ick one of my biggest icks, just not from boys, but just in general, mainly boys, but just in general, is, and there's this one specific guy that comes to mind when I think of this, people who just write things on Twitter and just get no response. Like, I remember I was speaking to this guy, like, years ago now, before I met my, my boyfriend, and, like, he would, I found his Twitter because he'd, like, share screenshots of it on his um on his Snapchat story, and on his Twitter, it was just really weird quotes and stuff all the time, like... They don't want to see you when you're at your highest. They'll kick you when you're down. Hundred, hundred emoji, like coin emoji, like flying money emoji. <laughs> it's like the, the cold face emoji, like ooh. Yeah, literally, like weird stuff like that. And it was like, it was like he was trying to motivate someone, but like nobody was listening to it. It was yeah. weird. I felt like it was his form of therapy, and he definitely needed therapy, but. Like, I don't know, I just thought it was really bizarre and it was so cringy, like, seeing it have no interaction as well. Like, he's trying to be out here getting retweets and nothing's happening. So That's funny. hilarious. We should definitely talk about our ex. One of mine would definitely be, it's quite similar, actually, when boys use Facebook too much to the point where they, like, repost quotes and stuff. Mm. And the people that like them and they're, like, really close friends who do the exact same. Or their mums, like, their mums always comment on it as well. And that is just too much for me. Like, why are you out there doing that? Um, so yeah, I, cannot, I can't stand that like what yeah. are you doing I feel like I have a lot of social media icks that's definitely one of them boys posting snapchat stories um, is a bit of an ick as well I don't know why I feel like it's a bit um, sexist of me to say that but it's just specific things like when they post like a photo of them their legs in bed and like the TV in the background or like them playing Xbox or something I'm just like why I yeah. don't I don't like people posting random stuff on stories I feel like it's pointless like, I've just thought of one as well like you know when boys they like become DJs and then that's all they post on their Snapchat it's like them coming DJs I'm thinking one person specific right now I don't know if you're thinking about I know who you mean yeah 100% I mean sometimes they're actually quite good but that's so true one of my major icks like partly my job is working in reception and for me one of my icks is when people use any other email than gmail like i hate it like why are you using like bt internet or like yahoo um, or bing like why are you at bing.com like that's an ick for me like gmail is the one yeah all of my emails are at gmail please don't hack me after i've said that i have 10 emails honestly it's ridiculous like i have sadie shopping sadie important sadie like fitness for my gym stuff and then we have this one again guys it's what uh gospod at gmail.com just a little plug (laughs) send us your ick what is my other ick right i've got a general life ick which is so random guys and i had to mention it to sadie earlier so funny right do you know what a nick of mine is and this is like the fattest thing i've ever said is when people advertise milkshakes as like right so you know like there's these weird vending machine things now that like farmers have invested in where they like They have like milk come out of them. They're like, oh, milkshake. There'll be a sign for milkshake. Oh, strawberry milk, caramel milk, whatever. No, that's not a milkshake. Can we get something straight here? A milkshake is something you have to shake. Do you know what I mean? There's ice cream in there. There's, you know, sauce. It's not just flavoured milk. That really gets me. It's false advertisement. And 
what I hate as well is when you buy a milkshake, right, and it's really thin. If I can suck it through the straw, I don't want it. No, I hate <laughs> thick milkshakes. That's disgusting. Who what? are you? I like my flavoured milk. No. I don't drink dairy milk anyway, but my oat milk and little, like, what's it called, powder, like, crusher thing. Oh. I think thick milkshakes are disgusting. Might as well just have ice cream. It's, why are you drinking ice cream? I actually so disagree with you there. I flipping hate crusher. They're the most rank stuff ever. Literally, when you get when you, I know there's this cafe in like my in one of my hometowns. I've moved out so many times. One of my hometowns, um, <laughs> there's always used to go there and get a milkshake, right? And it was just milk with crushums and a bit of cream on top. It makes me angry and it makes me sad. Like, give me that milkshake now. That's like my ideal milkshake. Any story to tell as well? I'm sorry, this is so random. But basically, right, I was listening to the girls' bathroom this morning on the way to my nail appointment, and they randomly started talking about nail etiquette and, like, do you tell your nail lady whether you don't like your nails and what point is it, like, too late to tell them and things. So I was thinking in the car, um, I was thinking, hmm, I think I would tell them, but I wouldn't be rude about it. I would say, like, a straight way. I know some people, they wait too long, and then they say, they say like, once they've done every nail, like, oh, I don't really like that. Well, like, once they've filed the nails fully, they're like, oh, I don't like that shape. And they're not clear, and it really irritates me when people aren't clear about what they want. Like, go in with a picture and be very specific, because otherwise, sometimes there's a language barrier. They don't know what you're on about, and that's not their fault. You need to be more clear. So I was on my way to my nail appointment, right, thinking about this as they were discussing it, and no dramas ever really happened in this nail salon before. But oh my god, today I don't know what I don't know what came over this woman. She as soon as I went in there, it's gonna sound really judgmental, but but she just didn't look like the kind of person to have her nails done. She had like a navy blue rucksack like on the floor and she was wearing like walking trainers. Like not the kind of person that usually has their nails done. Do you know what I mean? She wasn't like one yeah. of the glam girls that's usually in there. She was like this woman who looked like she just never had a nail so like she didn't have dyed hair nothing like that she did kind of look a bit of a mess I'm not gonna lie and sorry but she was so horrible to the nail person right so she was so unclear about what she wanted and her daughter apparently wanted like acrylics but hadn't asked for that so she'd asked for gel instead of acrylic when she actually wanted like I think acrylic with gel on which you've got to be specific about because they're two totally different things so then her daughter's getting her nails done. You can hear them talking to each other from like across the table because they're like sitting a chair away from each other, both having their nails done. And she's like, I can't hear the daughter because she's talking really quietly. But the mum's like, oh, you wanted long ones, didn't you? And you haven't got them and all of this. Bear in mind, there's like 10 of us waiting for our nails and we can all hear this. And she's like talking about this. And then the mum's getting hers done and the lady's like trying to understand what she wants because she's going, oh, I really want long nails. But, you know, I just... I can't because of the washing up and this and that. Well, sorry, if if, Eng- if English isn't your first language and you hear, I really want long nails, you're going to do long nails, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So, so then starts prepping her nails then to do acrylics because that's what she thinks she wants. And then she goes, oh, but my daughter hasn't had them, so that wouldn't really be fair. She's like giving a diss then at the guy doing the daughter's nails. Like, oh, you haven't given her what she wanted, so I can't have it now because it wouldn't be fair. <gasps> that's so rude. Yeah. And then she ends up starting crying. This woman starts crying as she's having her nails done. She's like, it's just not what I wanted. I could have done this at home. They look a mess. <laughs> All the nail tech has done is that she filed her nails. She hasn't even done anything yet. And then she goes, I want clear. I just want something natural. I just wanted you to tidy up my nails. I said that. I said that. I was like, no, you didn't. I've just listened to the conversation for the last 10 minutes. Two seconds ago, you were saying you wanted long acrylics. Now you're saying you just wanted her to tidy up your nails and put a clear gloss on. Like, excuse me. 
Anyway, so they call me over to do my nails and I have to sit next to this absolute crazy woman. Like, why are you crying? Like, she just had problems. I don't know. I, I'm the most emotional, like, unstable person you'll meet, but I'm not crying in the nail salon and shouting up the night. That the- is so embarrassing. It's literally a queue of people waiting as well. I can just imagine. Did, no, did anyone say anything then? Well, the owner had to come over and, like, say, like, what's going on type thing. And then they started arguing. And the girl who was doing her nails did my nails and she was actually really good. Like, they're really nice and she took her time and did a really good job. But yeah, I don't know what that drama was about, to be honest. I was just taken aback by it. And it was such a weird coincidence as well. After talking about on the on that podcast, would you let them know if you didn't like the nails? Like, I think that's an example of how not to let them know you don't like the nails, you know? I think that's so bad. Like, what I probably reckon is she's probably trying to get a free set out of them as well. Like, oh my God, so upset, causing a scene. Like, you better give me my nails for free now, basically. Did she end up paying in the end? Well, in the end, she got them free, but they didn't do anything to her nails. Like, they literally didn't do anything. They filed them, and that was it. And then she was going, oh, you've ruined my natural nails. They look worse than when I came Mm. in and this. People started clapping when she left. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, God crazy that's an ick just being rude to staff in general like if you're rude in like to waitresses any kind of staff like you need to sort yourself out yeah I think that um honestly working customer service like even working in a restaurant it should be like national service like everyone (laughs) should have to do some sort of like customer service in their lifetime for at least two years because I feel like you can always tell when somebody has or hasn't worked in customer service I can agree with that I think uh the way you treat people who you don't know who are doing a service for you really reflects like your values and everything like I don't know I just I find it a massive have you ever like had an experience where you've been out with a friend or like a partner where they've been really rude to like or like the staff or anything do you know what yeah I actually have so in 2021 um I was leaving a job like and so I invited everybody out who I really got on with at that job for like a like a leaving meal because I've been there for a few months so me and my boyfriend um there was about eight of us total so this girl I was really really close with a partner with her and I remember very distinctively um we were ordering our food and he had seen a menu online and I think it had like a chocolate orange cheesecake or something um, <laughs> and it wasn't on the menu uh, <laughs> at the time of ordering this man was fuming he was so excited with his chocolate orange cheesecake clearly but he was a bit mm, like I feel like I could tell there was going to be an issue as soon as his waiter came over because you could see him and he was absolutely seething. And he started yelling at this poor man, like, I've seen this on the menu. What the F is it? Like, what is going on? Like, what is wrong with this establishment? Like, what? Uh, I was like, this is so rude. Like, bizarre over a flipping cheesecake. Like, what is going on? I love cheesecake more than anyone, right? But you wouldn't hear me shouting at the waiter over not having it. Like, does he look like he's the chef? Does he look like he made the menu? No, he's literally just doing his job. At the end of the day, obviously this cheesecake was like pre-made, so they ended up bringing him out some anyway, and he got what he wanted. But if I was in that situation, I would not have given him what he wanted, even if we did have it out the back, because that's absolutely no way to like treat workers. And I feel like once that happened, it's like the cheating thing we were talking about earlier. If you let them like have it, then they're just never going to learn, and they're just going to shout, and then that's how they're going to get what they want. Did you grow up in a shed? Like, why have you got no manners? (laughs) Literally, I know. I used to work at Lush for anybody who doesn't know like that was an experience and I have some stories about that place and the way that it's run it's literally crazy and um, but one thing in particular obviously everybody knows how Lush employees are we are like on you from the moment you come in but there's reasons behind that and um, but I remember one time it was around Christmas time and this like little old lady was bringing her granddaughter in to buy a bath bomb normal scenario which I face every single day so she came into the shop 
Um, and like I went up to her, I was like, hi, what brings you into Lush today? Because I was like scared to death of being shouted at by my manager. Um, and she literally, she got her hand, she put it to my face and she went, bog off and leave us alone. <laughs> I remember going out the back and like bawling my eyes out like for ages. And like, luckily Lush is very like on it about like employees being upset, like, to be fair, it's a good company. They will pay for you to have therapy if you need therapy. Therapy after selling bath bombs. But... Yeah. So I had a little meltdown out the back and I had about an hour. And Wait, she shouted at you, the grandma or the child? The grandma. She sorry? came up to bog off and leave us alone. And I was like, sorry, I'm just doing my job. And she was like, well, we don't we don't want your like sales spiel. Just leave us alone. Had a cuppa for about an hour because they wanted to make sure I was all right, which was absolutely fine by me. But I couldn't believe it. I can't I can't relate to that not in my previous job now but in past jobs that I've worked at um you get people scream at you all the time and they're such fast-paced jobs that there's no time to go sit and have a cuppa in the back like wow that wouldn't have been allowed I wish (laughs) I wish you would I had someone scream at me because I wouldn't sell them like 10 boxes of paracetamol I was like honey this is the law like I I remember I remember that I remember it on your private story (laughs) yeah anytime something happened this is probably why I've started a a podcast because I just share all these stories on my private story and yeah there's been lots of occasions I had someone flash their nipple at me in their dressing gown in um, the shop I used to work at as well and say like he was gonna buy me flowers and all of this random stuff and bear in mind he was like 40 years old and I was like 18 or 17 I'm trying to think of the worst customer experiences I've had so I've had the guy flashing me I've had the paracetamol situation um can you think of any other crazy ones I've told you before oh my god I just remember the worst story of my life was it that woman that woman the worst customer I've ever had and this is one of the reasons I actually quit my job so I was working in this pub and um, it was a very, very busy day, right? And a lot, all the time, it was only me on shift, pretty much. Sometimes we'd have two people, but it was very rare. I was actually running around, sweating, serving all these people. There was, like, so many people in this small pub, right? I was literally running around, serving, trying to wash glasses at the same time. And I ducked down to get a glass, right? And I looked up, and I saw, like, one of the um, regulars that was, like, my age that I served all the time. And I just, I knew what he wanted. I quickly poured, I, like, said, yeah, so I haven't blah 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 poured it wherever gave it to him as I was doing that as I literally made eye contact with him to take his order thinking he was next this like woman who was probably in her 50s just started screaming at me like out of the blue I looked up I was like sorry what and she was like how dare you serve him over me I've been waiting here for like 10 minutes oh you serve your locals before me go on you little being all of this and having a huge go at me like being really 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 personal and horrible with what she was saying like she was spitting across the up across the bar at me like that's how angry she was and she was like screaming at me about this like oh yeah go on and all of this like it was really really like irrational for the like the level of what had happened compared to her reaction was like crazy I was like oh I'm sorry I didn't see you there she was like don't be a liar you did see me I was like no I literally didn't see you like honestly I didn't I'm sorry anyway at this point I'd never been screamed at like that before especially not out with the blue like that usually with customers you can tell who's gonna kick off and who's not but this was so out of the blue I didn't even know she was standing there like she, she just arrived screaming at me whatever 
And then the my manager at the time, the landlord, she comes behind the bar and starts serving this woman and like didn't say anything to her, like didn't say like, oh, don't speak to my staff like that or anything. And that's one of the reasons I left hospitality is because it was like, why can someone that she scream in my face like that and like nothing happen? Like they weren't thrown out or anything. Like she literally screamed in my face to the point where I had a full on breakdown crying and had to like go upstairs and like just have a breather for like 10 minutes I couldn't stop crying I think I was at breaking point at this point with this job which is why I left but I couldn't stop crying I literally couldn't stop it's like that thing triggered everything for me and I had to leave after that like I didn't stay much longer so that was a horrible experience so it's really interesting I think the stories you have about that place where you used to work the job which shall not be named shall we say Uh um is crazy like the stuff that you actually went through when you worked there was like absolutely insane so <laughs> I'm looking forward to you sharing more of the podcast about that because I know you definitely have some stories about that place oh. um but I remember all of this happening like I I literally remember you calling and calling me and crying about this yeah um yeah that was it was insane so yeah um yeah many many experiences working in customer service which definitely hardens you to it and anybody who's worked in customer service would know that you're basically just like you're you're basically like hardened and ruthless by the end of it like not much can upset me now to be fair we've rambled enough this episode especially me so i want to thank you guys again for listening sending in your pod um sending in your dilemmas but we're gonna mention the question of the week before we leave you guys so the question of the week is going to be, is it ever reasonable to choose your boyfriend over your best friend? And we're going to leave you with that one. So be sure to head over to our Instagram, answer that, let us know your thoughts. And as ever, please do share any dilemmas that you have over to gospodcast.gmail.com. Everything will always be anonymous. We'll never share any personal details and we would love to feature you on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening.